Okay, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, welcome to a, a 20 minute show, maybe a half an hour show, depending on how these clips go. Um, I've got a few clips from GB News, uh, reports about the uh, rail strike in the UK. There's a national rail strike and uh, it's affecting a large part of the country from London all the way up to Scotland. Uh, there's about between 10 and 20% of the trains running. And uh, I've, I've got some clips of people talking about the rail strike. So I'm going to play those. I don't know how long it'll take. It'll probably take about 15, 20 minutes, and then I'll add something at the end, maybe about the by-election that's coming up on Thursday. There's a by-election in Huddersfield. And a by-election in Honiton, I think. Either way, there's going to be some uh, some drama on Friday morning because uh, I don't think Boris is going to be in a particularly happy situation. So let's let's go with the the real strike clips first. So this is GB News. Um, but I would say that, you know, if the government were to fold and, you know, pay the Dane government effect and, you know, meet the demands of the 7% uh, pay increase, what comes next? Let's not ultimately forget that the ambition of the RMT is to renationalize the railways. Now, we do have a recent example of when that was done. So the East Coast Main Line was renationalized in 2009. It was in public hands for six years. What actually happened during that time was that the performance of the trains went down. So the number of trains which were arriving on time went from sort of 90% to about 75% at the end of that six-year period. It didn't generate millions and millions and billions for taxpayers of, you know, profits which would have gone to shareholders, trains and taxpayers. In fact, there was only one year there was a different direction, it was about £18 billion. The overall position of uh, money going from taxpayers to the, uh, the East Coast Main Line was about £18 million. So, you know, to renationalize, to renationalize the railway, which is the ultimate ambition of the RMT and similar organisations, is not a, ta a panacea for taxpayers. Okay, here's another clip. Yes, well, of course, many people uh, for the last few weeks have known about this. They've been able to make other modes of transport their way of getting to and from work. One of them might be the Broadmarsh bus station here in Nottingham. It's a brand new bus station, but only National Express are running from it right now. Of course, lots of people will have uh, automatically go to those big bus companies like National Express and like some of the other smaller ones as well. National Express, of course, seeing a much higher volume of people looking for their services because of the RMT bus strikes, uh, RMT train strikes. They've said they've seen a significant increase in both inquiries and bookings on days around the specific days of travel as well as the days of travel. They say 85%, a massive amount of their coaches are already booked up and uh, that while it's working to try and put on extra services, there's just simply no way that it can match the volume that the rail service does provide. So, of course, the advice here for people that might be looking for other modes of transport, particularly coaches and buses, they're saying get your tickets early and plan ahead where you can. Well, thank you. Well, let's cross to Paul Hawkins, who's at London Bridge Station, where commuters have also faced a tube strike. Paul. 
Yeah, uh, it, look, this morning it felt like the pandemic as we walked through London Bridge Station. didn't open until 7 o'clock. There wasn't a soul around. Then people started to, uh, commuters started to uh, accrue at the doors and then they opened at 7.30 and uh, some passengers made their way onto uh, the few trains that were leaving the station. It certainly feels like a lot more people, as Davey was, Davey was alluding to in Scotland, a lot more people are working from home. Anecdotally, it's a little bit busier on the buses. It's a little bit busier on the roads. But certainly we're not seeing huge numbers of people trying to stuff themselves onto buses, trying to take alternative modes of transport, queues in the streets, you know, rails breaking out, the kind of thing that we used to see in strikes uh, before in the capital. And just some data that's come through to us from TfL uh, recently. This is up until 10 o'clock this morning. The tube journeys are 95% down compared to last Tuesday. On bus journeys, uh, they are up 7% compared to last Tuesday. Santander cycle hire is up a massive 46% uh, on yesterday. So that would seem to indicate huge drop in tube numbers, but only a little bit of an increase uh, in buses and a big increase on bikes. So some people are taking the bike, but certainly there isn't a huge movement onto the buses. So what we're seeing, what we think we're seeing, which is a lot more people from working from home, would seem to be borne out in these statistics uh, from the location firm TomTom. They say the congestion levels at 11 o'clock were higher than at the same time last week in several urban areas, most notably in London, up 13%. And then in Manchester, Liverpool and Cardiff, they were up only 6 to 7%. So it does seem like the working from home phenomenon, if we can call it that, is reducing the impact of the strikes. Uh, we've also spoken to Sadiq Khan this morning. We asked him about his position on the tube strike in London. Uh, workers here are striking because TfL wants to cut 600 jobs. It wants to uh, review the pension system. That is part, those are the conditions attached to the bailout from central government to TfL. The mayor, therefore, blaming the attachment of those terms to that bailout on the government, saying to the unions, look, it's not my fault. He says, Patrick, it's not my fault. It's the government have given us this money and the terms come with that, come with that money and there's nothing I can do about it. Also asked him about Labour's position, which is a bit muddled. Labour leader Keir Starmer telling senior Labour MPs, look, you can't go out on the picket lines. Several of them have been out on the picket lines this morning. Lisa Nandy, West Streeting, backing uh, uh, the strikes. But Keir Starmer saying, look, I just wish there weren't any, but not explicitly condemning or supporting rail workers. Sadiq Khan saying, look, Sir Keir Starmer's been very clear on this, uh, that, that, you know, Labour um, just simply don't want to see strikes and they want everyone to carry on talking. Lots of tourists are arriving, quite confused actually, because they've arrived in the midst of the train strikes and that sort of scuppered their journey. I have to be really truthful, it's quite calm here. It's not chaos. And one ticket officer inside told me, well, people know about this who are locals, they've decided not to travel. And actually it was quite quiet yesterday. Whereas normally there'd be about 25 to 30 trains going out from this station every day. Now it's more like four or five uh, every hour. Sorry, that's 25 an hour normally, and now about four an hour. This picket line is looking quite sparse. I was here a couple of hours ago and there are a few more people and quite a lot of cars coming past were hooting their horns in support. A lot of people saying, well, I really support strike action, but maybe just not this one. 
the key question for people who can't go out on their normal journey they'd like to today is why are they doing this? Well, earlier I spoke to the Assistant General Secretary of the RMT Union. They're the real sort of linchpin behind this set of strikes. And I asked John Leach why. Britain's railways are closed today as a result of RMT strike action because our members are standing up and fighting back against imposed job cuts, an attack on their terms and conditions of employment, and because of the cost of living crisis that we've got at the moment, they need a pay rise. They haven't had a pay rise for three years. They've had a pay freeze. We've got £2 billion worth of cuts being imposed upon the industry. This means every single ticket office is threatened with closure. It means that there's a fire and rehire process being brought onto the railway. It means that maintenance and safety regimes are going to be changed. And it means there's pension attacks coming down the chute as well. So it comes down to pay. When Push, John Leach said to me, they would be looking at about a 7% increase. That might be something they could agree to around the negotiating table. The Transport Minister, Grant Shapps, is saying, look, we've spent £16 billion over the pandemic. The taxpayers are now footing the bill of the railways. It's time for modernisation, and let's talk about how we could do that. In the meantime, anyone arriving through King's Cross is going to find not only difficulties at King's Cross, but some pancreas, but also on the underground as well. You can just see around there the shutters in front of uh, the tube station there where people would go to, you know, get the Victoria Line, the Piccadilly, maybe exploring the rest of London. They'll find that that's shut too as well. And again, that is all about pay and job insecurity. So we've got uh, a few days of strikes to come and are going to be inconvenient ways to travel in the days in between too. Okay, this is another one from GB News. Ellie, what's the word? Are more people taking buses because the trains aren't running? Liam, it is pure chaos here this afternoon at Victoria Coach Station behind me. The reality is if you want to leave London on public transport, the only way to do so is via a coach or a bus. And I got here this morning and the place was heaving with tourists. Of course, many of them didn't realise coming to London that there would be industrial strike action this week. They were on the floor, quite literally lots of them sitting and sleeping on the floor, uh, trying to find a way to get around the country now as there is this train strike as well as the tube strike uh, which has coincided with it today and the buses and coaches that are leaving Victoria Coach Station are packed to the brim going to places like Cardiff, uh, Swansea, Glasgow and Bristol. Well I've spoken to a few people outside the station today and I've been asking them how they've been affected by the train and tube strikes. I have to go back to Belgium uh, this afternoon. Normally I go by tube, uh, but now I have to take the bus or uh, maybe Uber taxi or something else. And would you support the rail workers and the tube workers that are going on strike? They want better pay? I'm, I'm not aware of the problem, so I cannot tell uh, anything about it. Um, not really. I'm a tourist up here today. Uh, my coach doesn't go back till five o'clock, so I've got the day up here. I'm just relying on taxis and um, buses to get me around until my coach departs. So hopefully I'll find something to do. Lots to do. I haven't been able to get any trains to work. I've been on buses since about half six. They keep cancelling. 
keep driving past. It's impossible to get on them. They're all so packed. I've only literally just gone to work now. And what's it like on the buses? Were they packed? There loads of people? Absolutely crammed. It's hard to even get on one. They're all just driving straight through. And what do you think about um, the, the, the people who are doing this, the, the people who are striking, they want better pay? Do you think that they have a right to do that or do you think there's a better way of doing I it? I think they have a right to do it, but I don't think it should impact everyone else trying to get to work. I think there's got to be, there's got to be other ways to go about it, 100%. Uh, well, there are just a few of opinions from people outside the station. It is quite difficult to gauge public opinion, though. Some people saying they fully uh, support those who have gone out on strike. They want better pay. And, of course, we are in a cost of living crisis. Other people, as you just heard there, saying that there must be a better way to do this. I think, Liam, it is worth noting the impact on the economy. Business leaders have put it at around 91 million that this three-day strike uh, will cause on the uh, UK economy this week. And I have just taken a walk up to the local high street here, and a number of shops are closed. They've got little signs up, paper signs, saying that they will not be opening due to the tube and train strike. So it is going to have an impact on the local economy here as well. Okay, I'll make this the last clip, I think. There's another one coming up. This is from Newcastle. Hi Liam, yes, well things are ticking along okay in the northeast of England. I think that what I've heard more today than I've heard in the last two years is I no, longer, I no longer have a car. People have given up their vehicles because of the cost of living crisis. So they don't have the option to drive to work and that's why that County Durham to Newcastle route is so important to so many people who work in Newcastle City Centre, who work in Gateshead, who need to take the tiny way metro which is still running to their destinations. People are really saying what this comes down to is I've had to take extra hours. I've had to take on an extra job to pay my bills in the cost of living crisis. And that is what the problem is. Well, I spoke to RMT union representative, Div Lamont, and he said that this isn't about pay. It's a safety issue. And he didn't want it to come to this for the commuters. We want to keep the railway safe. We want to be there so that we can protect the people, look after the people. That includes uh, obviously doing the ticket checks. We're there for security. We're there to assist people who are disabled, need assistance on and off the train. We do a number of jobs on board the train. We manage the customer environment, and that's what we want to do. That's what we want to preserve. We don't want to do this. We do not want to resort to strike action. A lot of the country cannot afford it. We cannot afford it, but we feel as though we don't have a choice because we need to make our voices heard. The DFT, the government, the, tra the, the train company managers, they need to get around the table. They need to listen. They need to talk. We need to sort something out. Dave Lewarn there of the RMT Union up there in the northeast, talking to our own Rachel Sweeney. Rachel, we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks a lot for joining us here on The Money. All right, that's, so that's a selection of... Uh... GB news clips, fifteen minutes worth. I think that's probably enough. It gives it gives you a flavour of what's going on. Uh, I I was going to go to Berwick on Saturday, but I've now cancelled that that trip. I cancelled the bed and breakfast. If there's trains running, I might still go to Berwick, but I'm going to have to write off the the cost of the ticket. I think unless I can, that's an open open return, so I might be able to use it during the week after uh, i'll have to check at the ticket office and see what i can do i might end up going going on a day trip to berwick 
uh, on a different day. But uh, all being well, I'll be back at about half seven, eight o'clock maybe this evening. So um, we'll catch up on some more clips then and see if we'll see what else is going on.